0: Welcome to the Bee Podcast. The mission of the Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age. To have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey. To listen to stories similar and different than our own. Engage in each other's triumphs and failures. Hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled. The loss we have endured. The joy we have encountered. And the reason behind the lessons we have learned. These symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is The Bee Podcast. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Bee Podcast. Today, Crystal Boyd shares her story as a child growing up under toxic parenting. Mental illness affects tens of millions of people every year. If left unchecked, it can significantly and negatively affect the relationships with yourself and others, especially those closest to you. Crystal shares how her life was affected by someone she was closest with. As a child, things seemed normal, happy. She felt loved. She wasn't hurt or damaged physically. Things seemed to be as they should. But as she grew, she began to notice small things that created doubt in her mind as to just how she was raised. Listen in to her courageous story of stepping out from under the manipulation. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Bee Podcast. Today, I've got my cousin Crystal here, and Crystal has always had the best hair. Um, she is the oldest cousin who is a female on my... Actually, the oldest cousin both of both genders um, on my grandpa's, on my dad's side. Yeah, so Crystal is here. I've asked her to share her story I'm so glad that you're here to listen. Crystal, how are you? I'm doing quite well.
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
0: We just had, she just came over, we're in my basement, we just had some lunch. I totally charcoaled our hamburgers, yeah, so. Quite tasty. Yeah, delicious, the black is great. Cajun is well. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so Crystal, just start by telling us a little bit about growing up for you.
1: Definitely uh, enjoyed Southeast Iowa, still here though, but grew up in Ottumwa and i have two brothers i'm the oldest and we lived here my whole life living on the south side of tamwa my brothers and i had a kind of a unique unique experience growing up and i'm sure they have their side of the story too but kind of a tough tough childhood getting through some hard obstacles growing up. Yeah,
0: and that's kind of what we're going to kind of talk about is that process of growing up for you and what that looked like um, compared to what you saw around you. So let's start at the beginning.
1: What were some of the struggles that you faced as a child or a teenager at home? I think some of the biggest ones was the isolation, I felt, and not knowing at the time that uh, my mom has uh, and still has uh, mental illness and... It kind of trickled down to how she raised us and not until I moved out, got older, did I see the effects on how we were raised and the dysfunction.
0: Yeah. So when did you kind of begin to understand those things that you were experiencing were unhealthy? So as a, as a child, you may not have noticed it. So when when did you start?
1: I think when we have family gatherings, I see everyone else getting together with both sides of their families and they had, you know, multiple sets grandparents aunts and uncles and our family always seemed very small and isolated and we would hear frequently that we're not seeing this side or this side for this reason I guess we weren't given any reasons we just knew that we weren't seeing them and for us that was just normal but as we grow older we realize that wasn't normal and I never got to see my grandparents or my cousins and extended family for many many years sometimes based on whatever my mom's mood was so can you talk about a little
0: bit of your experiences as you face them when you were a child so some examples
1: mm-hmm I know when we have family that want to come over I know my mom was big about appointments
0: <laughs> Appo- <laughs> we, making appointments yes, for family family okay.
1: appointments and if you came over unexpected I know she would tell us kids to run upstairs and not be looking out the windows and just be quiet and we'd be like, well, it's Grandma. And you should be like, no. Because you can sh- see out the window. We can see out the window. It's Grandma. With, like, whose is outside. And she mm-hmm. would say, nope, they didn't call first. And so we got to learn that, okay, so family has to call and set up an appointment. Just weird things like that were very abnormal. Um, and Mom was very, and she still is a very lonely person and, like, kind of isolates herself. <laughs> and me and my brothers are kind of the total opposite. So we're extroverts and... Like community and people, so we couldn't understand why we were always so isolated.
0: Right, because you see, you know, people that you have a desire to see. So then, did you think that that was like normal behavior? Because that's what you kind of
1: witnessed? I guess we're kind of, we're confused, because it was just like, we didn't know what else to have. But we felt like our family was very small especially around the holiday times like it was just like why are we just not going and seeing grandma grandpa or you know aunt uncles and there was always some no no real clear reason but it was always like it's just not gonna happen and so there were times they didn't tell us everything until we found out later but um, just very cold and sad I think it was growing up it was just kind of like there was no change until I left home
0: so then let's kind of talk a little bit about your experience in comparing what you knew to be normal
1: to the normal that you saw your peers had. Yeah, they seem to have more of a family unit and very, I feel like I was had very overprotective parents and, which is a good thing and a bad thing. And they were very touch and go. I was grounded a lot and <laughs> mom had rules and I just, I just feel like my friends had more freedom and they just seemed more happy and I was always um I felt very very different growing up because I felt like I had more rules and I broke more rules because I didn't know at the time that the more you lie the more you get in trouble but if they knew everything I was doing I know they'd be like against it but I just felt like more kids had more freedom and so then I built resentment up me and my mom always had uh, a rough go I think my whole life it's always been abrasive yeah <laughs> Um, and I think it stemmed from a little bit of just two different personalities. And and as mm-hmm. I'm older, I see, like, I think it hurts and stresses her out to see people happy. And I think the more happiness I was achieving, a little bit of jealousy was kicking in there. And she would try to burn out my fire. So And so
0: definitely people who do suffer from mental illness have kind of developed that because of trauma in their mm-hmm. life. And so... So she had undealt with trauma Mm -hmm. and that caused a really big rift in, or like a disconnect between in her parenting style. So did you think like, oh, my parents are just strict? Because I remember growing up and thinking like, my parents are strict. They make sure that it's not like I could just like say, I'm going to a friend's house. Like, no, there had to be like parent communication. Mm -hmm. Like, and my friends were always like, Cami's parents are strict. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So did
0: you just think like, oh, my parents are just strict because that was a thing that I heard that you would hear a lot.
1: Um, I would hear it, but then, like, they'd show up where I'm at. So, I mean, they'd literally... So, your parents would come to... They would come to wherever to make sure I was there, or, um... I mean, now you have fine friends these days. Right. (laughs) Back then, you (laughs) didn't. I mean, it was literally, like... Get in my car and actually come find you. Yes. Many confrontations where um, I'd look them in the face and walk the other way because it was embarrassing, so... Sure. And there was some grounding after that, so... (laughs) Well,
0: you know. So, when you were at these places with your friends how did that go did you just you would turn the other way and would they come after you and you know demand that you like get in the car or
1: there's a sorority ball I wasn't supposed to go to or I was grounded and I knew I saw them in their van sitting there and I was like just keep looking forward and I'd keep going straight to my friends don't look at them <laughs> we're going in and and they watched me to walk in and I knew they wouldn't physically come in there and get okay. me but I knew I'd pay later and so, I was supposed to get this truck my dad had and that was what he took from me since I pulled that stunt. So, now my brother has that truck. So, um, <laughs> it was it's a always, beautiful truck. It was always yeah. very big things I lost.
0: It wasn't just like here, you know, what you, yeah. Yeah. you
1: yeah. here the consequences, it's they're yeah. huge. Like I lost going to prom a couple of times, my own my own graduation, just just to name a few. So, big events, big events that should be a part of anyone's
0: life. So as a teenager, like you've realized that this is just not normal. People should be with family. Something just seems off. How were you able to cope with that?
1: I uh, basically just sought out some, you know, self-help and leaned into people that seem like they had similar situations watched how they dealt with things and just a lot of self help. I've seen counseling before and then years go on and it's just been a completely a roller coaster and going back to my mom's trauma, which I know I feel if you know the parents don't deal with their own issues, it will trickle down to their kids and extended family yeah. and in every f- relationship in their life. And yeah. and it's still undealt with. So we're still having issues and I have chose to step away unless my parents seek professional help there won't be any future so
0: you as your own separate entity you have decided that i i know that i need help from the dealing with this because it's been a solid piece of your life Mm -hmm. for your entire life so do you remember your mom or your parents
1: at all ever seeking help when you were in at home still I think they tried once, but not for their own issues. It was another family issue um, with grandparents. Um, But for them to seek their own help, like they never went out and got help for their own issues. Because they feel that there's
0: nothing wrong with the way that they're doing things. Which, I mean, it really is a slippery slope when you're talking about mental illness. It's hard Mm -hmm. to identify Mm -hmm. if you don't have those critical people in your life. And maybe, I mean,
1: maybe they did have those critical people in their life to tell them, like, hey, you know, this behavior isn't normal. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I realized, too, learning not only my issues and how to deal with being a child of toxic parenting, (laughs) but I also realized what type of parents I believe i have and i believe my mom is a narcissist i believe she's very manipulative and um self-centered so it's it's sad to say that but actually just reading books and getting the word and everything you just realize i'm not taking on responsibility i put it back on her shoulders because it's the problem is not me it is with her own issues so did you feel for a time that it was your fault that
0: or, you know, you had some responsibility. Like. I
1: feel so. I think as a young child, it's almost a weird feeling, but we are kind of raised in a weird way to, like, idolize my mother, like she was some kind of god. It was a very weird. Yeah. Was up. yeah. It was very, like, we should, like, do everything based on my mother. And um, I remember the Bette Midler song, The Women Beneath My Wings. Yeah. So I, I was saying that to my mom. Like, then I realized that was insane. And, <laughs> like, she is, you but know, she, I, 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 I should she required that. Yeah, she is, okay. like, I, I felt like we were supposed to worship her the ground she walked on. And even my dad, I feel like he's been brainwashed in that sense, too, where it's, like, you know, where she walks is gold. And it's not until I left home, got married, and had my own children that I realized what would just happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So. It would be startling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this isn't the way that... Yeah other people do things and this isn't
1: yeah and i purposely didn't raise my kids the totally opposite i think that it was just a normal and i get you know told how great my kids are and i've not ever intentionally done the opposite i've just naturally never have yet done what my mother's done to me because you don't have the same mental illness <laughs> Correct. That is yeah. impeding your that ability would to probably parent. be the perp yeah Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. It just—it's just the things that I grew up with. Like I've told before. Um, it's a different sort of trauma. Like it is. It is a. Yeah. Issue, yeah, but it's yeah. not. I, I and mean, we never had any kind of physical abuse. Just they right. all mental, emotional, and you know things in the mail. You know, we get for my birthday if it didn't. You know, birthday cards didn't come on my birthday or on time she would make us or she would write refused on my birthday cards and send them back to my godparents, stuff like that. Like if I got a birthday card on June nineteenth instead of my birthday on June seventeenth, it was like, well, I gotta refuse it. It wasn't on time and us kids would be like, Oh, okay, like this is just something you do. Yeah. but as you grow older you realize some people either forget or late or that's just human nature and they shouldn't be penalized
0: right so so how has this affected your mental health then so you you've done a lot of your own research and mm-hmm. healing so mm-hmm. how how do you think this has affected you even in growing as a, uh, as a human
1: being I mean even like right now like I know my mom is like 20 minutes from me and she's been in at a town for a while but I know she's with my grandpa and she's been staying there and there's been no communication this whole time because she's been there since probably father's day um not once has she called a check on me or her granddaughters and i mean she knows where we are just stuff like that where there's no communication and so for, for me that's like kind of hurtful i feel rejected a little bit sometimes but then i have to like talk myself out of that realizing you know i've done nothing i don't even know why we're not talking <laughs> You know, right? It's just one of those things where there's never a clear answer and typically it's because I said something or she misinterpreted a text, but this has been over a year now. So so
0: you've kind of been estranged for about a year this time this time yeah. So let's talk a little bit about after high school for you and you've you've created your own family and you and your husband and the girls have moved quite a bit because mm-hmm. your husband is mm-hmm. of his position mm-hmm. um, of his career and so you've moved quite a bit and right now you currently reside in Riverside mm-hmm. and your parents live in Indiana in Indiana mm-hmm. and right now your mom is like 20 minutes away from Atumwa mm-hmm. and this is where we are right now mm-hmm. so let's talk then a little bit about uh, after you started your family and you're moving around mm-hmm. and what, what was that pattern
1: like? There's been, this is probably the fourth time that we haven't spoken for a year. We go through like two years talk, one year not, two years talk, it just. All on her yes the command. Yes, okay. And this is the first time though, I haven't tried calling, writing, or even, like I think I sent text just for documentation. Um, like I'd call, the last time we spoke or text was on my last birthday and I just turned 40. So last time we actually text was on my 39th birthday. And so I just kind of quit doing Father's Day, Mother's Day texts, cards and all that stuff. Because before I call, I, I call and call and call and they uh, screen my calls and wouldn't pick up the phone. And I, and this time I'm like, I'm just done. And then, then this year they forgot both my daughter's birthdays. I know it had to be intentional. Right, and yeah. I'm like, that's the last straw. And I'm like, when you start involving the grandkids, because it's like, keep it between the adults. Um, but then you start throwing in the grandkids. I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm not playing this game anymore. So... Yeah, it's just the on again, off again. And my husband's at the point, too, where he's on, you know, with me. Like, if they don't get professional help. And he's like, I'm not even sure if they would. I'd even want them in my life. Like, he's so sick of the roller coaster. Sure. Yeah. That's going to
0: be difficult to watch your wife Mm -hmm. suffer like that. And then I'm certain. I mean, did you feel like, okay, so... I know that this isn't my fault, but did you feel guilty? Like
1: I have to make amends somehow. Like I have yeah, to I make mean, it up yeah. somehow. I mean, even being, though you haven't yeah. done, even anything. being with my faith, like I know, like a whole, you know, it's just you forgive seven times seven and whatever, you know, and you know what would Jesus do? And so, but then I also know He doesn't want you keep exploiting yourself to toxic, you know, toxic relationships, and um, and I, you know, I love and honor my parents, but I just can't be around them. Boundaries. And, I've, yeah, I've decided, you know, I've got boundaries and I'm not going to keep pushing for something that is just, it feels like a dead end. And I, the first couple of times we made amends, we honestly, there was nothing to talk about in our relationship. It was like, how's the weather? Because after you're hurt so many times, the trust is gone. Um, and it's really different when it's your parents. It's just a really, really different set of people that you're like, you're confused and I think it's when people like you know, they're your parents, so it's just a weird disconnect once you lose lose that trust for me, I'm not sure I'll ever get it back. It's just Right. It's very weird.
0: So did you ever feel like you're like frustrated with your dad? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, can you talk about that a little
1: bit? Um, I mean, for years, he's very passive. He's very go-with-the-flow, non-confrontational. But there's a point, too, where it's like, okay, he's my dad. Like, does he want to see me? Does he want to see his granddaughters? But yet we know he has to live with my mother. So that's kind of what we we kind of give him, you know, benefit of the doubt. But then we realize, wait a minute, he has free will. He has a choice. Yeah. Like, he can pick up the phone because right now he's in indiana and he's been there by himself for a month and i've never had a phone call from him not a text but it's all now i'm realizing these are choices these are all just choices
0: well and with gaslighting which is what narcissists use Mm -hmm. you know to manipulate their support people Mm -hmm. it is it's brainwashing it so he must really believe that something bad will happen to him or like because he's he's been he's been he's adopted the idea that Like, you did when you were young. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to worship the ground on which my mother walks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that would have been definitely frustrating to be an adult, realize, like, this isn't right. And why is he still continuing to do this? And why is he so
1: afraid to hopefully speak his own mind? (laughs) Right. Why is... Right. Because we grew up with always, you know, when people would say, if they talk to my dad, it was always, well, Julie said this and Julie said that. And it's like, well, what does Larry think? You know, Because yeah, right. he never had his own voice.
0: Yeah. So. so what was the most difficult part of growing up then with a narcissist as a parent?
1: Um, I think just knowing you always walk on eggshells. And, you know, you didn't know whether you woke up that morning, if something else was going to be taken from you. Um, it got a lot worse when I started dating my husband and got close to graduating and I was finding more freedom. Because it would you know, have been dangerous for them to think oh yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then you know part of it too is like her control issues that's a big big part and the more the less I needed her the more controlling she tried to get and because I didn't need her a lot in my life and um, I think she sees that now I don't need this kind of relationship because it's benefiting no one right (laughs) and they've done this to themselves I mean my daughters don't know even know them right I mean they don't they've never called my mom grandma it's always been you know your mom with brown eyes Like, when's your mom coming? Because she used to come and stay a couple weeks at a time when we were on a good spell. And there was just no connection other than she'd give my kids money. And, you know, there's different love languages. But it just felt like that's all they could expect from her. There was no connection. Like, they don't even know that she forgot their birthday. (laughs) You know, it's just all these things. I'm inside internally dealing with myself, realizing, okay, what grandma would do this, you know? And and it's hard to realize how off it is. Yeah. So what have you
0: kind of learned about yourself in this process of realizing coming to a realization that this is not okay and I can set boundaries and that's that's okay and I don't have to subject myself to this Mm narcissist like this this gaslighting I don't have to
1: play into this
0: what have you learned about yourself in that
1: I think the more books that I read more self-help books I mean the counseling helped years ago but I felt like I was just helping myself I guess or maybe I didn't have a great counselor (laughs) Yeah, sure. But the more <laughs> that that book, exists. <laughs> I mean, the the more books I read, I'm like, this is how we feel and this and that. And then I feel like when we were in a relationship together, I always felt anxious. I felt like when I would speak to her on the phone, I get goosebumps and uh, I literally like my chest would just be so sore from the anxiety um, what I would sense us gonna get into a fight, and I just would start shaking. And one of my mom's comments was, "What is wrong with you?" And because she could sense in my voice it changed, and um, I'm like, "I only feel this way when I talk to you. No one else in my life. I'm like, you're the only person that makes me feel um, like you have a physical like reaction. I'm, like I'm gonna have a heart attack. Yeah. And she just kind of laughed about it, thinking like, "Oh, like I do this to you. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't something to laugh at. I was like, I'm like, you literally make me want to like Bump pull my me. hair out. Right. Yeah." <laughs> but when I'm in a relationship with her, that's how I feel. But when I let go, it's like just a weight lifted. And so that was definitely something I realized. Okay, I feel unhealthy when we're in a relationship. and I feel healthy when we're not. So those were the signs to me. Like I have to walk away for my family because I'm not the same person when we are in a relationship. Because mom was a very a number person. Like how many times do you call me a month? Why aren't you calling me enough? Or it was just a number Keeping thing. Keeping track. Keeping track. Making sure that... Uh-huh. And,
0: of course, you didn't even have the rubric, like, what are you expecting, Mom? Like, mm-hmm. not that that's healthy anyway, but, I mean, it was totally up to her discretion. Right. Yeah, so... Made up scoreboards. Right, right. <laughs> that I do not even know were being placed. And I think that, as a, as a child of a parent with an unchecked mental illness, I think it affects more people than we know, mm-hmm. because it is hard to identify when, you know, you're the child of mm-hmm. that and you're living and that's your reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So now you have your own two daughters. How has this affected the way that you parent?
1: Um, honestly, I just, I'm open and honest. And I had not told my daughters about my parents up until probably six months ago. And cause honestly, I, I never bring them up. I never talk about them. I never say, and they never ask about them ever. Like it's just... They know they don't have internet. They're kind of old school. So they just think, oh, they're out in the wilderness kind of thing. <laughs> they're right, not unplugged. Just, they're, right. They don't know what's happening. Until, and I think that might be
0: a tool. I mean, that's intentional. That has to be intentional. I think so. Yeah.
1: Because I mean, she knows if we called or not called. Because it's like, do you. Yeah. still so probably Stark 69s us. I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, for me, it's been, I finally, when they forgot their birthdays this year because my. My brother has a daughter born the same day as my daughter. So we share oh, similar, ber- yeah. same birthdays. So she called one grandchild, but not the other one on the same birthday. Oh. So stuff like that. I was like, you know what? I finally just broke down and told my oldest first. And then my other daughter, do- Gracie, already knew too. It was just like, I was saying, we're just not going to... They didn't even seem affected at all. Like, they know, like, I'm like, going to... I'm just not pursuing a relationship anymore. And um, we're just pretty much done. And they're like, okay. Like, they just... I just needed a chance to be open and honest, and I guess I was always hopeful that, okay, they're gonna change, they're gonna change, and then I'm 40 now, and nothing's changed, and I realized this is the way they want it. So my brothers have witnessed this too, and they're witnessing it more as they've gotten older, so yeah. we both are kind of, all three of us are in a sort of support system because we've seen this and we've lived through it, because one of my brothers, she isn't speaking to him either, and so we're both in the same time frame. we're in this year of like not speaking to her, and then she got out in a fight with another one but now they're talking and he's coming and my other brother's coming in August and my mom is still here in Iowa and she's leaving the same time they're coming in and one of my brothers asked well can we all get together and she said no <laughs> oh they asked her yeah. if they could get together but, and on their way out and she's like no so this would be a chance to see all three of her kids all of her grandkids and she refused And I personally wasn't going to go anyway, but it was like my brother asked just out of curiosity and she refused and I was like, okay. So it is what it is. It is
0: what it is. And it's, it's hard, I think, to come to that. But do you feel like it's better for your mental health that you have let go? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what would be your greatest advice to someone who's experiencing or living with or has had dealt with a parent who had an unchecked mental illness? Not necessarily narcissism, but any
1: sort of mental illness. Um, I would think I would just go online first if you don't have any close family or relatives and um, just start looking up, you know, different things to kind of check out different areas. Uh, Reach out to friends or family or your pastor and just realize, you know, once you figure out it's okay, it can't be me. Like you realize where's this coming from, and why? Why am I dealing with this? And the best thing to do is not deal with it alone. Because I felt like be, until my brothers went through stuff, I really couldn't talk to my husband about it. I didn't really have anyone else to talk to, so I would just kind of internally take it or talk to um, one of my grandmas that I'm close with um, about stuff. But finding someone that you can talk to uh, in private and just having someone to talk to face to face. A safe person that A safe person. you feel like you're crazy yes. for thinking yes. of things. And they keep just researching and researching and researching. And you'll find out it's, it's really not you. And, I mean, this going to happen in marriages. And it also happens, you know, with parents. They're just... And, and there is no perfect parent. There is no way to perfect parent. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those that have had trauma in their life, undealt, that we all suffer for it. Right. Right. In and, one way or another.
0: Well, and... F- you know that's a good reminder for all of us. Like, for myself, if I've experienced trauma in my life, then I need to make sure that I'm getting help with mm-hmm. that and sorting through that so that my trauma doesn't affect the generations that you yes. know, yes. follow because that's really heavy to mm-hmm. a burden to bear. As a support person, what would your advice be to them in order to help you be as successful as possible?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think too, like, again, finding that safe person and just realizing, like, the importance of loving yourself and finding ways to deal with stress in a safe way and getting involved in a community people that have similar... And sharing your story, I think, has really helped me. Close friends that I didn't realize, I probably have ten of them, that we all have the same mother. Yeah. <laughs> and so, did, like, okay. me sharing my story in a group of friends in a community that I'm in, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's my mom. Like, seriously? And, like, you just kind of open this thing of... A waterfall of these people—they're like secretly suffering too—and you know we we can support each other, knowing that okay, you went through this too, like you know a Me Too situation, and um, you can kind of grant each other grace in that. Yes, yes, and realizing okay, you don't have to do this alone, but yet it's it's safe to know like you're not just ratting on these people, but you're letting people know this is something I went through. You know, and just more and more people will come out when you share your story, and you don't suffer alone in silence.
0: Yeah. So then what advice would you give to a spouse or a child who is dealing with like toxic parenting? Um, How can can they help
1: you? Mm -hmm. And my husband's getting, well, first off, they have to know there's something wrong. I'm a person that kind of deals with a lot of my own. I don't talk about it and different things come up. A movie we're watching, like if a daughter and a father hug or... Just different things that come about where my husband will look at me and realize, okay, you know, are you okay? Just different different scenarios where my husband has voiced to me that you're, it's going to be all right. He's very supportive because he knows that I'm dealing with stuff, something that's is probably normal, but he's trying to deal with how he can help me feel safe and cared for. And he's just kind of learning. I, but I think it helps us to actually be more open about, hey, we're hurting. Yeah, this does bother me. Or um, just be more open, I guess, to your spouse. And not hide it so much because that's usually what I do and then something will outburst and I'll snap so and, being understanding yes. and having that
0: grace and kind of understanding that th- some of those like they're triggering things that yes they're, they're require mm-hmm. you require that grace because it's yeah. it is it's significant
1: it's significant pain so and it comes at random times and you know you'll have tears streaming in your face and he'll just know and right and the kids are like oh mom's so compassionate but they don't, <laughs> they don't realize what I saw on right. TV right.
0: triggered something right or right whatnot. it's it's bigger than that, but okay. So crystal, is there anything else that you want to kind of leave our audience with any words of advice or wisdom for women who might be experiencing a toxic parent?
1: Um, I think basically just, uh, breathe, pray, and look into books that you can find that are going to help you get through. Um, one of them was called, um, surviving toxic parenting, or than the author but just we'll find it we'll put we'll it, in the, it yeah we'll put it in the description um and just as much as you can if you're not ready for counseling definitely it's something you can seek out but if you don't want to just um find that safe person um whether it's your spouse or a family member that you can talk to um and let them know what you're going through and i feel like just finding support uh, on an ongoing basis um, we'll get you through it, and um, but definitely seek professional help if it's not getting any better. Yeah, for sure, because that unchecked,
0: dealing with all of that unchecked can also manifest itself, mm-hmm. and then you could be perpetuating the abuse, you know, or the trauma, not right. the abuse, but the trauma. So make certain that you are getting getting the help and using the resources that are available. So, Crystal, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And I will put I'll put the book and the title in the description so that if you would like to access that, you will have the name of it to be able to search for it. So guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bee Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description to join the Hive membership for only $5 a month. Join me in an exclusive mission to see that all stories everywhere are shared. And don't forget to rate and review our pod so that all women everywhere can find us, be encouraged, and be inspired. Again, thank you so much for listening. Screenshot this week's episode and share on your social media to bring awareness to this project. I'll catch you next week. I'm Candy Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.